Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we're talking Season 7, Episode 11, Hostiles and Calamities. What did you think of this episode? I didn't think it was very good, but it was an enjoyable bad episode because I had a lot of fun live watching it and yeah. making jokes and taking pot chats at Eugene and Dwight. But I've got my serious critical hat on. I think that... <laughs> the serious critical hat for The Walking Dead. I think that... Eugene is such a weird, bizarre character, and the fact that they've committed to this sketch of a autistic, cowardly character for for him, it's so hard for me to relate to, and so hard for me to root or cheer for. Like, you know, the, uh, there's a couple bright spots, like biting dicks. He's good at that. Great at that. He's, he's I mean, you're selling him short. World class dick biter. There you go. Uh, but as far as like you know, comparing this to breaking of the breaking of Daryl, which itself I didn't think was a super com- you know compelling episode. This is just like the story of a man who is either broken instantly or playing along with it and making Negan you know cont- they continue to also make Negan look foolish in that you know he does these cartoonishly villainous things and then expects it to work on people mm. like like he suspects dwight and then dwight says he's negan and all is forgiven you know i i and he just takes people's word at 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 at, at their word when he shouldn't and as far as dwight you know like he's got this backstory with his wife sherry and it all ends up with a note that says oh you were always forgetful and i guess that's a good thing and you used to be good but then you're bad because i turned you bad and I buy, I guess. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. just – they don't feel like real people viewed through the lens of a zombie apocalypse, which I get. Sure. That's very subjective, but I mm-hmm. don't recognize any reality in these characters. What did you think? Yeah, I mean it's tough because we are kind of you know, off the reservation as far as characters go here, right? Like Eugene is supposed right. to be – the most out there of the characters. Um, right. Negan is supposed to be this flamboyant, ridiculous character. Like, right. There's a... It, so in as much as you, I guess, buy into someone like this could exist, mm-hmm. I think it was an okay examination of how just someone who's only out for survival and only a coward, is defined by his cowardice, reacts in a situation like this. I, I think it's interesting to kind of you know, contrast and compare the way that Daryl stood up to this and the way that uh, Eugene does. I think, I think that's an okay thing to do. I ultimately think this episode was not great either, um, and for a lot of the same reasons that that you said. You know, I don't think the Dwight thing. I think Dwight is an ill-conceived character, mm-hmm. um, or has an ill-conceived story here. It's, mm-hmm. It has not been laid out very well, and it has not been very compelling to watch. Um, because we're, he is mostly a villain, and he's stabbing everybody in the back, he's and, all, and he was introduced to us that way, right? Right, and then, you know, he's he's kind of having this turn, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the doctor thing is all about—that he's just trying to sow chaos in this in the ranks here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know that I buy. Like, like, what are they trying to do with the hearing thing or the the memory thing, rather? It's just a really like oh we need something sweet but poignant and sad and reflection thing for her. I don't to understand say. because this is just like 
completely out of the blue. Right. No, they didn't. There's li- never been even a hint that he has a bad memory. I mean, or maybe they have. I mean, it would be funny, actually, if someone has ribbed about it. Don't you remember this? Don't you remember that in the first episode? But, like, that was three seasons ago. I mean, maybe I'm suffering from the same problem as Dwight, but I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. And also, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It feels uh, it feels hackneyed. I agree. Um and also, I just I continued, you know, this is going to be something I'm going to go uh, vit my spleen a little bit in the spoiler section, but I don't understand why they keep changing things from the comics. Right. Because I felt like Dwight has a perfectly viable character arc there written by Kirkman, and they've just decided, you know what? This guy's mulleted Forrest Gump performance is so good, we're just going to stick with it. We're just going to ride that into the ground, and I, I, I don't get it because, you know, I it, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, it's like, you know, what was the charm of Forrest Gump? The fact that these events were swirling around him and he was just kind of a a feather blown on the wind. Well, what happens when the feather decides it wants its own agency Mm -hmm. and start making its own decisions instead of just bumblefucking through life? Well, that's Eugene's plot arc, and I don't know where he goes. Um, Also, you know, I saw a lot of people on Reddit like, oh, you know, it's an exploration, and maybe, you know, Eugene's going to turn evil, and he's going to be the anti... I'm like, no, fuck yourself. That's never going to happen. No. Eugene's not going to be a bad guy, and, and maybe there would be that little dramatic tension if I actually bought that he was going to become a bad guy, but I feel like they've made clear hints that he's not, and this is all kind of his way of resisting, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe trying to get comfortable why he's doing it, but... So I guess that makes him a more successful Daryl? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. Do you want to live in a world where Eugene can be described as a more successful Daryl? No, God no, <laughs> God no. Uh, and I I don't know what they're going to do with Eugene. I'm I'm not ruling out the possibility that he could turn evil. I think the show does occasionally take chances with some of its characters. Yeah, and, that, uh, that, that, and that, Eugene is ultimately like a peripheral character, right? That's not e- extraordinarily popular, except for as a butt of jokes. So yeah, it would sure. be. It would I think be the it, safest risk they could probably take. Yeah, and and probably the most effective thing they could do with him, I think. Yeah. Like, uh, unless they just want to make him the bullet mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting to take a pure coward who's just out for survival and throw him in this situation and see what he does. It, I just, I guess I'm with you. I don't have faith that they're necessarily going to take it in the most interesting direction. Yeah. Or what I perceive as the most interesting direction. Ultimately, I think we'll look back and see this as yet another unsuccessful Kirkman remix, but we <laughs> we'll shall see. see. Yeah. Uh, should we get I, right? And I do think there were moments in this episode that were really good. Like a couple of just, you know, light chuckles. Oh um, yeah. There's, some there's funny a lobster stuff. scene. There's yep. pickles. There's yep. Eugene tries to bring up the dick bite. Like there's yep. all sorts of just little chuckles in here that I think are, are more clever than they are ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, which is, so it's pretty much a rarity for The Walking Dead. That's the thing. Like, if I'm going to compare, like, I would much rather an episode like this, where at least I can have fun with, than mm-hmm. the episode like Tara in the, right, you know, women's seaside camp, because that was just not dumb and not fun. Yeah. And like, even yeah. last week's episode was fun because I could, you know, make fun <laughs> of how ridiculous it was. But if you, did, right. you know, at least give me something to engage with as a viewer, something funny mm-hmm. or ridiculous or awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I w- I'm, and I'm always up for good, genuinely good too. If you still got that <laughs> in you, Walking Dead. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway, should we get to the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so Fat Joey's dead, uh, which is going to clue us into this is going to be an entirely a flashback episode. We're going to catch up to what Eugene's been doing the last few days or weeks. Uh, Dwight immediately realizes that he's going to be in for some shit because I guess 
you know, he, he realizes that like, Daryl's his project, so he's going to be held personally responsible for him getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this cold open has kind of his story, which I'm going to you know recap to the end, and we'll go back to Eugene. Uh, we next see that uh, Dwight's in his apartment uh, where it's been broken into and tossed. And, you know, we, he finds Daryl's sweaty old sweatpants there, which we, we already know all this stuff. And then Negan discovers him with his men, he has his men beat the crap out of him, throws him in the hole. They have this long talk between the dark, you know, the, the solitary confinement door about, you know, his wife Sherry taking off. And um, he wanted to know if it's him and if Daryl broke him. And he makes him say, I'm Negan, and then all's forgiven. He sends him off to go find Sherry. Mm-hmm. Which, if Sherry lo- left and they're in cahoots, this would be playing right into Dwight's hands. Seems like it, yeah. Which makes Negan to be profoundly stupid man. Yeah, I, Like, he really puts a lot of trust in he this does. I'm Negan bullshit. He does. I think he perceives his grip on these people as stronger than it is. That's just, I, I think that's fundamental character flaw. You do? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, it's I mean, not hubris. It's not... I mean, is that a problem with the character, or is that just a problem that Negan has? I don't know. I just feel like the comic book version of Negan was ultimately more clever and cunning and a better student of humanity. Hmm. Okay. Like, he was still a, a, an awful, awful person, but I think that he's a little bit more self-aware about his actions and how they impact others, and, you know, yeah. whereas this just feels ultimately a little bit more just shooting from the hip and making stuff up as you go. And I am always interested in characters who seem to have an uncanny insight into others uh, and their motivations, and this seems to be a lot of the exact opposite. That's Negan. what I was, was yeah. going to say. Wait, are you saying – because I'm like no, – I no, think no. that version of Negan would be super interesting. Right, right. And they kind of clumsily get there, like how he attempts to break Daryl versus Eugene here and Dwight. and the, Like, there is a little element of that, but it's just not good or consistent or makes you step back and be like, oh, wow, this guy's really a master puppeteer. Yeah, he seems to have this idea of a general philosophy, which is rule with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have any insight in the day-to-day uh, feelings of individuals, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's just he's just got carrot and stick, and that that's it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Eugene is escorted to a luxury apartment where he wets his pants on the way, and he's just cringing like a dog, and he's he, he's instantly broken. I put in my notes. Uh, and the the neck tattoo girl asks him what he wants. He can have anything he wants, and he belabors this point, and then asks for lobster. And she's like, "Of course you can't have lap lobster, you stupid son of a bitch." It's <laughs> pretty awesome, right? And this is still the apocalypse, <laughs> right? Dumbass. Right. Uh, although, since they're relatively close to the coast, I imagine you know lobster. Like, yeah. what did lobster trap stop working? I just keep hearing how lobster is so fucking common. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Even off like the D D C area coast, I think. I, I thought mean, it was more like up toward Maine, where they like to hang out. I mean, Boston. Are they everywhere? Like they're everywhere. Oh, yeah, they're, that's it's, true. It's the Atlantic Ocean. They don't have turf. No. It's like oh, it's I like I, fish had turf. I thought the the, the, the the main lobster neighborhoods are nice and stable, but you get down to Boston and D C, gets sketchy. They don't yeah. like going down there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the I, I mean, I just remember beds. these stories that they used to feed lobster like the prisoners in the colonies because it was such a cheap and abundant food. Um, right. And, you know, if you could get live lobster around the country uh, for free, it would be equally cheap. But They apparently don't go down to the beach. I mean, that's where Seaside is, obviously. Right. So not not really big on the beach. I imagine if you're wearing motorcycle leathers all the time. The beach would not be the fun. The beach is not where you want to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so anyway, he decides to settle for orangey sauce pasta. Yeah. Which, is that like literally means Chef Boyardee? I, given his proclivities for chips, apparently he's right? a Ruffles man. Like yeah. he loves the package shit. Uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe I, he's looking for some ragu, some Chef Boyardee. That's some... what I'm thinking, yeah. Like he doesn't want anything authentic. Yeah. There's nothing authentic about this man. <laughs> Maybe that's a hint as to his true intentions. Um, he tests the door lock and finds that he wor- it works to his surprise. He finds a fridge full of beer and fresh food, which what the fuck is this guy going to do with fresh food and vegetables? Nothing. He's desperately searching for the, the he, Pop-Tarts. That's and right. The where are my combos? Rolls. Where are yeah. my... Yeah. I, I couldn't help but notice like this... My this Hot Pockets. Woman who's playing uh, Barcode. Uh-huh. She's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to say she's not bad. She's but definitely arresting. Like she's I, giving off like a Kate McKinnon vibe, and I can't help but think this scene would be so much better with, with Kate McKinnon in it. <laughs> well, they should like, do it on. They should. They, they do parodies on Saturday Night Live. Maybe they should. she should just step up and do a parody. Yeah. Uh, and then just to get the idea, that he's totally broken. He goes up to the boombox, which is playing. You know, has has one CD in it, and it's Easy Street, and he starts nodding through the beat as if he appreciates it. Really showing the difference there between Daryl right. and Eugene. And to me, this right here is the fucking episode. Yeah. This is everything else is going to be repeated stanzas of what we just saw happen and what we've seen in previous episodes, and therefore is not necessarily new or interesting or worthwhile. But strap in, there's 50 more minutes of this, and, and we got to cover it. Uh, so Dwight goes to the doctor to get his cuts and scrapes that were inflicted by Negan's men fixed up, and the doctor says that Sherry has a big heart. Uh, I don't mean that that she's sympathetic. I mean that's a serious medical condition, and my and my uh, learned <laughs> opinion as a doctor is could be fatal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says because of that, Sherry isn't expected to be around. Unlike you and me, the types of people who can shove things down and do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. The doctor is perfectly capable of being Negan's rape doctor and whatever you know, and face bandager and and all kinds of violations of Hipp- Hippocratic oath. Um, and he thinks that Dwight's the same kind of guy. So this kind of casts the doctor in a bit of an evil light. Yeah. That like that he the doctor, he's like, I do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Negan's boy as much as you. I just have a slightly different way of showing it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the justification to shove him in a furnace later on. Yeah. I think we've seen glimpses of it before. Like, yeah. weren't there a couple of uncomfortable scenes with Sherry? last season oh totally no i'm yeah. saying like i think he provides he's essentially provides abortions on okay. demand for for these for these women and probably other fucked up shit but yeah um and not on their demand of course right uh, on, on negan's on demand, Negan's demand. Yeah. but you know also this is if he doesn't do it he's going to get executed so yeah like i don't know that he's exactly villainous mm-hmm. um any more than anybody else in this this compound is but maybe they are all villainous and if that's the case then what the hell are you wanting me to feel about dwight well like, as I th- far as i know dwight what if this doctor has had this whole other corridor smoking relationship with one of negan's other wives and he was just about to spring loose and no. dwight shoved him got him shoved in a furnace like 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 now anyone it was fat joey man tomorrow he was going to tomorrow's the day i'm going to get off this thing i'm going to steal one of negan's wives we're going to make it to the sunset like uh-huh. everyone of the could be on the on the on the verge of discovering their golden heart yeah or none of them could. or their enlarged heart or their, right <laughs> Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Really, really hard for me to feel one way or another about him. Uh, Dwight goes back to his quarters to get ready for his trek and he fishes his cigarette pack out of Billy Bass's mouth. 
one of the mini half smoked cigarette cigarettes in there has some of uh, Sherry's lipstick on it. And then he resolves to go off sherry hunting. Mm-hmm. I actually I didn't notice this until the second time I was watching it that one of those butts had her lipstick on it. Uh, yeah, same here. Very much like uh, was it Jane from Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. Yep, won't be the first time they reference a much better show. Yep. Uh, so Eugene learns how the systems work. He is uh, taken through the I guess storehouse by the neck tattoo woman. Um, he sees a redhead steal a piece of cheese. And it's very conspicuous, and they, like, gawk at each other for 60 seconds. This doesn't pay off as far as I know in the episode. Maybe Eugene will have to hunt him down and kill him two episodes from now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, That that was a weird scene. Yeah. I I guarantee that he's going to come. He's going to show up, like, six episodes from now, and they're going to expect us to remember it, and Eugene's going to have to blast him in the face or something. Yeah. Anyway, Eugene gets a, bar, a jar of pickles, and Neck Tattoo explains, if you want something here, you got to take it, which will be useful later. Uh, Negan comes to visit. Uh, uh, Eugene says he's the man of the hour, uh, gets him to confess to being a smarty pants, uh, seems disappointed that he's just some asshole that's read a few books, and then Eugene instantly shifts into human genome black op project Eugene. Uh same game he ran on Abraham. Exact same game. And Negan's going to, you know, Negan's going to take it just like Abraham did. So they're both kind of meathead idiots. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a zombie in the foreground that falls apart. Like, literally, his lower half falls off from his upper half, and all his guts fall out. Pretty gross. Uh, and Let me he- ask you this. What's the point of putting a pipe through that walker's mouth? Don't you want that walker grabbing people and eating them? Right. Like, the- I don't. I don't understand. I, I don't get it either. And also, okay, let's just talk about this. So Negan says, your first big brain science project is to figure out how to make these zombies more of a renewable resource. Because right now, put them on the fence for a couple of weeks or months and they fall apart and they're no longer useful for anyone. And I use these for anti-personnel defense. And Eugene says, well, what you do is you get a bunch of molten metal and you pour it all over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm... I, I want to renew my my complaint that I don't know what kills a walker. Yeah. Other than a other than a uh, some kind of projectile entering their brain, like I would think that molten metal over its head would kill it. And uh-huh. also, if it's if the molten metal solidified around the zombie, I feel like it wouldn't be able to move. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the the whole point of having the walkers out there is to grab people who try and come in and yeah, eat them and bite them. And if you can't move your fucking limbs, yeah. because you are a because you got bronzed and you are a statue, uh-huh. that's all gone. That's I, pointless. Yeah, and the fact that Negan doesn't immediately just bring that up, like, right. wh- how are they going to move? Like, if you encase the zombie to keep its body integrity, mm-hmm. then I I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a, maybe where there's a couple unspoken things like. Well, make sure you don't coat its shoulders and armpit areas so it can blindly swing its club like you know, is a is a zombie that's now covered in like fifty pounds of steel in each arm gonna be able to still move? Mm-hmm. Like And wouldn't that just tear its arms off faster when the joints go? Right. Like, so then you're if, still yeah, you're right, not providing. If you don't an, make a sack of metal essentially for yeah. this thing to 
ooze into, yes. it's not going to keep it together. Yeah, it's like, honestly, a better solution would be to, like, you know, give it a hefty overalls bib, kind of, you're, you're like, make, like, make overalls out of a hefty bag, so uh-huh. then when shit falls out, it still stays there. Plus, like, why do you give a shit if a zombie shit falls out? Right. Like, it's still... You don't have enough walkers out there? It's still pinned up there. immobile against a fence. True. Like, I honestly, this, and but of course, Negan's impressed because it sounds metal as hell, and it is. It does, yeah. Um, I guess, it, okay, and we've also seen obvious cases of people having died in their cars and not coming back as walkers. Because why? Because that was explained to us in season two uh-huh. that the extreme heat in a Georgia parked car, which gets up to right. 150, 160, 170, so that's cooked brains. Yeah. So how hot do you think molten metal is? Pretty fucking hot. Yeah. Like a thousand degrees or plus, depending on what the metal is, but yeah. Right. So you pour that on top of somebody's head, and it's probably not going to survive. I mean, it didn't... Walker or no. Right. Didn't didn't work so well for that douchebag in Game of Thrones. No, it did not. So, so I don't know what the plan is here. It sounds stupid on the face of it. Yeah. And Negan seems he thinks it's the best idea he's ever heard. I think it's telling that they didn't show the process. Yeah. Like I was wanting to kind of see the process, and there you're you're we I, we, we cut before a, 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 a zombie gets bronzed effectively. Well, go go on YouTube and look at like molten metal being poured on things. Uh huh. Those things don't hold up very well. Right. So. Right. Extend that to what you think would happen to a human skull and a rotted human human body. Right. Like, that's already, you know, decaying to the point of falling apart. What's <laughs> it going to do when you pour molten metal on you it? Throw, throw a very moist, penetrating heat <laughs> on the source. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and he goes, well, Rick never got to let you do cool shit like this, which I guess is kind of a point. Yeah, and I think Dwight feels... No, Eugene. Or, or sorry, Eugene feels like he's being recognized in a certain twisted kind of way. Sure. Like his abilities, his talents. Right. In a way that Rick never did. So maybe he does feel a little more comfortable here. Uh, We do find out that when Negan offers you to take a spin with his wives, he's not letting you have sex with them. Which kind of makes sense from our conversations earlier where we're like, well, how is his, like, not rape stance you know, square right. with the fact that he's loaning these women out, probably, you know, like, you know. This he... seems like a retcon to me. Yeah, yeah, well, this I mean. This seems like, oh, you're right, we fucked up with that Dwight stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's try and fix it here. And I'm like, so essentially he's letting his wives be, like, a true escort, like what right. they want you to think escorts are. Like, oh, there's no sex involved. There's just an attractive, good-spelling woman. Yards who revenge. Laughs at your joke, yeah. Conversation. I, I, that just seems fucking silly. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, the wives show up and he decides to treat them to his uh, awesome Yars Revenge gameplay, which I love. I actually owned Yars Revenge hmm. growing up. I don't think I've ever played it. It's, uh, it was, um, I was always a sucker for the more like complicated Atari games. I actually had a little bit more of a, gra- you know, like a personality. Like it looked like I was flying around this space fly and I was eating the shield and I was, you know, Turn it into a bomb to kill this quotile thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also what I really dug about it is it came with this comic book to explain this whole story, and it was like oh, lavishly right. illustrated. Yeah. And you can use the your imagination to like, oh yeah, these like are like bugs, and they're wearing these fucking cool spacesuits, and yeah, uh, and and he knew all the lore, and it was like super on point and correct. So that's cool. Um, Amber in the background is drinking heavily. Now I did not look this up to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure that's the woman whose uh, husband got his face ironed a couple episodes ago. I think you're right. Um, 
because it, she has a consistent you know backstory about being kind of pressured into it because of her mother's medica- medication. She's not doing well mm. with all this, but she's not being raped. She's not being raped. Except by Negan. Except by Negan, but no, even then, because she consented the one time to be his wife, and then you can't, I don't know. And it's you can like never rescind that. Yeah. whole fucking thing is a mess. Um, so uh, one of them offers to massage him, and, and Eugene's like, nah. And then the women decide they want a, a science show, because yeah. he's the big scientist. And he takes them out, and he makes hydrogen balloons and high-speed spooge. And he sets it all off while humming the battle hymn of the Republic or the War of 1812. It was so atonal and flat, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> it was like Morse code. It's just a series of flat <laughs> intonations. Oh, my God. What does it mean? If we, tra- if we, if we translate his humming into Morse code, would it be a, a coded message to fans? Probably. Him and Daryl are communicating. Drink more Ovaltine. Uh, I can't help but notice that you, or Eugene, Jesus... Negan has a look that he likes. He does. Not not necessarily in the women, but their attire. Yeah. Like, they either, he either just has this thing for women in black dresses and heels, or they rated a JCPenney. <laughs> like, it, it could be either. The Negan wife dress code is cocktail uh, choice of your dress in any color as long as it's black. Right. <laughs> and some sort of pump, and you're good to go. Yep. So... Uh, Dwight then goes back to him and Sherry's old house and, or at least the place where they agreed to meet back together if they ever got separated. Mm -hmm. And he finds a letter by Sherry and she mentions that he has memory problems and he's lucky because he can't remember shit and how things used to be. And yeah. they belabor the point that he's trying to match the handwriting of the note that she left with the handwriting of this. And, oh, my God, it's a match, Sherry. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah. Uh, and she apologizes apologizes to him for her being better. No, for him being better than her. Mm-hmm. And she had to let Dwight go because he was a better version of Dwight and his presence there tortured him. Had to let Daryl go. Had yeah. to let Daryl go. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Because Daryl's a better version of Dwight. Yep. And she expects to die out in the zombie apocalypse because, you know, look at her. She's got her enlarged heart. She's wearing a cocktail dress and and ill-fitting heels. And she's never that great of a zombie fighter in the first place. Um, and she thinks maybe he'll get away, too. And I just couldn't help but note this voice acting was painful and it goes on and on and on <laughs> against this letter. character that yeah. I don't give a shit about weeping. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just – like, the, her final goodbye, honey, sounded like the AT&T electronic operator. Like, goodbye, honey. <laughs> like, Well, they really wanted you to remember the words goodbye, honey. I know. Because that's why she later. enunciated it very clearly and mechanically, right. but it made the scene shit. Not that the scene had any... No, the scene wasn't that great to begin with. The scene was boned from the beginning, yeah. As soon as they decided, we're going to not only introduce... So, they did a lot of fucked up things here with the memory. The Mm. idea that Dwight has a bad memory. Because they introduce it in this scene, seemingly only to let us know that he has... uh, retained this information about their where they're going to meet right mm-hmm. he has not forgotten he brought the pretzels he brought the beer mm-hmm. he has overcome this thing that we just learned moments ago that he has a problem with oh you saw it as overcoming i thought it was just as wildly inconsistent oh, oh oh really okay yeah i thought they were going for a point but the point is ridiculous because we didn't know about this like if this had been a thing that was building right. we see him forgetting things as but far this, as i can tell he's Dead forgotten does this zero all the fucking time he Anytime... hasn't forgotten the cigarette with her lipstick right. he hasn't forgotten the rings right. he hasn't forgotten the damn thing but... and all of a sudden 
they make this up. But The Walking Dead does this all the time when it's time to wrap up a character. Yeah. They just they just sprout characteristics like a fucking unkempt garden. Yep. And it's like you just got to roll with it. It's not anything meaningful that they've spent episodes and weeks and years building. It's just by it's fiat, we're going to so tell easy. you. It's so fucking easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard when you're only writing like eight episodes at a time that have no connection to what comes before or after. Then it's then it's right. well actually that's kinda easier too. Uh, it, I don't know. It seems like they take the easy way out on all this shit. Yep. So anyway, uh he plays with their wedding rings for a while, then leaves pretzels and beer and then fucks off. Uh yep. next at the Negan compound, Negan's wives come back to Daryl or I'm sorry, to what nope. Third time to Charm, Eugene. Uh, and said, Amber, the previously uh, super drunk one, wants out. She got into this because her mom needs meds that she couldn't afford, so she decided being Negan's wife is the way to go. Uh, and they want him to make up a poison that's powerful enough to kill her and suspiciously wants two doses because yeah. reasons. So is it Frankie the redhead? Is I that d- her name? I don't care. Frankie, Nikki, the redhead. The redhead and the brunette. All right, so the redhead is clearly much better at this game. Like... She comes in, yeah. she's leaning on Eugene, uh, she's buttering him up, she's, she's spinning this story yep. about the sad, sad story, yep. and, and Brunette's over there just fucking up the worst. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, we need it because, we need two of these because we need to know, we we, we we don't know when we're going to get an opportunity to dose Amber, even though she's totally fucking willing yeah. at this point to go and, and, when and is begging so, us to it, please help why her. Why do you need two doses because the timing doesn't? Like, this, right. come, like you... Did she ask to be surprised? Is the, this like a Professor Clouseau, Inspector right. Clouseau, where he, he goes, Cato, I know you're going to attack me, I just want you to attack me when I'm not expecting it. What? It seems to be that they, they, the, the low-hanging fruit there is to explain the d- other doses for the mother. Okay. Because they know that right. Negan, like, he'll be so angry that he'll take, but he, they want to clean. There's, she's got no other relatives except for Burnface McGee, who'll probably get, you know, got as well. Like, it just doesn't yeah. fucking make sense. I feel like, like it, it gives the way the go. And, like, as soon as they said that, I'm like, oh, obviously they want this for Negan. Mm-hmm. So it's much less impressive when, when, when Eugene easily puts two and two together. Right. Right. I just and it's just so fucking lazy. It got him insulting. The uh, one thing I guess they did right here, which they don't uh, usually nail, is they set this up right. The idea right. that sure that she could poison him. She has the access to poison Negan if she wanted to, because we see him drinking with her in right. previous scenes right. uh, and her pouring the drinks for them. Sure, like, yeah, that's a plausible thing that could happen. Yep. But brownies over there fucking it up. Yep, and. I just there's a couple funny things like you like uh, Dw- Eugene trying to explain his cowardice in terms of D and D alignments. Yeah, I'm actually a lawful coward. It's an alignment I, I created myself in my old D and D group to express my exact moral alignment with the universe mm-hmm. at large. At hell, <laughs> uh, and he plays the same character in every D and D game. I'm just a lawful. I'm just a human lawful coward with a mullet. Yeah. Um, Eugene, do you not understand role playing? <laughs> do you not get it? <laughs> He's a two handed coward, too. They just both of them are empty, and both feet running away. But whatever. He's a two footed coward. <laughs> um, his sneakers give a plus two two for for running. Um, so yeah, this is this is kind of a transparent scene. Uh, Eugene then goes and confronts the line lady. Let, let me ask you this. Hold on. Mm. So. <laughs> The estimation, the weight estimation. These could, these people could never be mm-hmm. at the carnival booth where you guess people's weights. Right. 
they guess that Negan is 120 pounds? Well, times two, 240. That's a pretty reasonable estimation for him, I think. <laughs> but, but okay, well, then that totally nullifies this idiot with the brown hair because she's talking about timing. No, no. See, that's the thing. Like, that was a that, she wants two doses so she can double it and give it to a man who weighs 240 pounds. Okay, and so, kill him. so then this thing the about timing is, is just completely It makes nonsensical. no fucking sense. No. Like, okay. what, what, if you want right. one dose to kill a person, what does timing mean? Right. Like, if it doesn't work the first time, well, then why do you need the exact fucking weight? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Okay, I can see him being 240, but I can tell you for sure Amber's not 120. Amber's a buck oh five if she's lucky. Oh well, I mean it's that's it's Eugene should have sussed that out immediately. Well, that's the thing. It's like he makes his big deals. Like I need to know the exact weight, and I'm like, yeah. no, you don't. Just, like, just make it for a two hundred fifty pound person, and right, it's done. Right. Uh. So anyway, <laughs> I mean, I, high. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because like if they just give like a one twenty pound dose to Negan, he's just gonna be like really relaxed. Yeah. Anyway, Eugene goes to the line lady who's got all the cold medicine, and he muscles. You know, she she gives him some shit about not staying in line because he looks like some, you know, jack off. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm not just any jack off. I'm Dr. Jack off, PhD. And you will give me this code, me- code, code medicine or this cold medicine to code medicine. Apparently he's, he's got a stuffed up nose. He mm-hmm. pronounces it code. <laughs> I want the code, all the code medicine. And I want this grimbly gunk, which is this fucking stuffed rabbit thing. And then he goes back and takes a whole basket of cold medicine. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and this grimbly gunk, I, I did get. A chuckle out of the Grimbly Gunk. I, I thought, gr- sure, Grimbly Gunk is going to be a reference to something. Apparently not. It's, yeah. it's just something that he made up. But I, I got a small chuckle out of it when he called it that. I got a small chuckle when he's overseeing the molten the molten mishap. And in his pocket. And it's just hanging out in his pocket. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's in the foreground in a couple of shots prominently. Uh, so then they have everything right is wrong again by they might be giants uh, scoring a shitty Breaking Bad cooking montage homage. Yeah. And I just like you're consciously aping the style of Breaking Bad, but you're doing it terribly. Yeah. Like you guys have the technical chops to do a bang on Breaking Bad cook sequence montage. Why not do it? Why would you half ass that? I don't know. I mean, did, did, did you I not mean, the feel tone the same was thing? all off? Yeah. Like yeah, they, had the, they had the they had the they had the kind of contrasting the music, which is being upbeat versus the purpose of what it's you know being employed the the, the skills being employed for. Yeah. He's got the crazy like you know homemade lab equipment. Like there's a way, there's a visual language which you can use. And, and I the thing is, is that people might be well, Aaron, they're not really trying to do this aping of. I don't believe that for a minute. No, me either. I believe in if you read the script, it would be like an homage to Breaking Bad's infamous cook scenes, yeah. or when Walt's trying to make an explosive out of etch sketches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he just did a shitty job of it. Yeah. So fan of both shows, and, I get to say that. And let's say this: uh, I think those pills that he has made that he makes in this scene are the rice and cigarette of this show. I think 100% uh, those are showing back up. Because uh, you don't have them go through it, right? I think he's going to take like, him recreationally. <laughs> just fuck him up. These are built for a 120-pound man. Half, I a, am half a pill slipping in a pickle. That's a good That's a good <laughs> night of Yars Revenge. <laughs> right. Colors really pop. No, those Colors things are really pop. fucking coming back as the day is long. <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah. Because if if you don't want those things to come back, you don't make them, right? You just have him suss out... What they're trying to do any and other refuse show, to make them. Any other show, I'd say you have to be right, but there is just a chance that <laughs> okay. that this is much ado about nothing. Maybe. 
But I'm uh, still holding out. Hope. Plus, like, wouldn't like I get that like Eugene's a big swinging dick metaphorically in Negan's compound, but wouldn't it get back to Negan that he just literally hoarded all of the cold medicine? I would think so. Yeah, the power like like Negan should come by and be like, look, I I I, I admire the balls of you. You know, throwing your weight around, but we're actually going to need that cold medicine back because I got a sniffle. Mm-hmm. And then Eugene's going to be like, uh, I converted it all to deadly poison, boss. <laughs> he should say, I I made a new product. <laughs> Try it out. Right, right. I call it crystal blue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Dwight comes back and he's going back to the doctor f- again to get checked up f- like eight hours later or whatever. Says he found and yep. killed Sherry. And the doctor goes, well, that's good, because we don't get to have big hearts in this in this episode. Then they have a, a a bizarre cut where it shows Dwight with a fistful of suckers. Yeah. Do you know what the hell that's? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this is him deciding what he's going to do with the, with the goodbye honey. Why? I don't know. I don't know why, but okay, I know what okay. it means. All right. I, okay. I thought you were actually <laughs> going to say that, like... Oh, no. Was does there, it have a link to something? Was this, like, know. a morphine, like, you know, the, the, was this the fabled morphine lollipops at the hospital that he gives to right. the Negan's right. wives when he needs to sedate them for something unpleasant? Is this... Like, I, I seriously don't understand what the fistful of fucking suckers would have and why this doctor would have them in any circumstance. Maybe he's Like, if you're a good patient, you get a lollipop? Like, he's remembering Slaptown. The... Uh, a plot that he wasn't a part wasn't of. Wasn't even in. Yeah. Uh, they're going to retcon that. I, I seriously, the sucker thing, I, I don't get. Yeah, he's deciding to kill the doctor or to, to get the doctor in trouble. This to man's been chaos. hoarding suckers. Yeah. This this affront can't can't stand. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's clear that he's going to pin Daryl getting loose on the doctor so that Sherry can then be allowed to go off and try to lead her life. Mm-hmm. Because if Sherry's not dead... And if ne- and Negan won't stop until he finds out who was behind this, then that gives, I guess, problems for Dwight. So yeah, by pinning sure. on a doctor, it, it gets him out of Hawk and it weakens the saviors. And I guess that's something that Dwight's deciding he wants to do. I don't know. Okay. Tell me this. Why does he bring the lollipops in the first place on on this mission with him? I don't think he did. I think, like, I seriously think he had a handful of them. Like in the doctor's office, he like picked them up and was yeah, looking he did. at them. Okay. Oh no no, no! On his way out, he grabs a handful of lollipops. Right. Okay. I don't know why and he then, did that. That's why I was asking you. And then I thought he took them to the house with him when he went out searching for Sherry. I don't think he did because this is this is the scene after he got back. Right, but it's flashing back to him at. You think that? I, I think it's I thought flashing that's just back an to him insert at the of what he was doing with his hands. I don't think so because okay I'm so not why, certain, but why because he the, the the goodbye honey was something he clearly cut from right. the note yeah it's not like a fucking sucker label sure yeah was he going to like wrap the sucker in the hello goodbye honey business no i think when he was out there and he read that note he decided i'm going to take down negan and i'm going to do it from the inside with this fistful of suckers <laughs> well it's it's <laughs> it's him trying to honor sherry's memory what little for the little time that he has the memory what by taking out negan by doing what he should have done all along which is stand up this is pioneering new ground because usually (laughs) they just add new character attributes to people before they write them out of the show this time they're implying that she has an affinity for sucker don't even want to say it it's like the only suckers frankly that makes being a sex slave tolerable is the suckers suckers. yeah the free suckers yes jesus all right well 
so Negan finds his goodbye honey that Dwight obviously plants, tucked in the doctor's office. Uh, he gets the iron uh, heated up, and the doctor says, this is bullshit, this is something Dwight's clearly manufacturing, and Negan goes, ha ha ha, contrary, I know, Dwighty boy, he wouldn't do this. And this is just so unconvincing and juvenile. Like, I get it, it's a kangaroo court, but fucking come on like captain kangaroo court yeah it's like a kangaroo court for children yeah um and is that the point that negan just like this is his vulnerability that he doesn't really understand people the way he thinks he does and i guess uh so the doctor confesses which it's an obvious false confession to get to avoid getting his face burnt and negan then says thanks for getting that off your shoulders and shoves him into the furnace where the Mm -hmm. doctor dies and a lot of a lot of the feedback this week is and uh people incredulous at how fast the doctor died (laughs) why his face was in a furnace uh yeah i just feel like i mean it's not Okay, so like burning to death sucks. I, I'm not gonna, but like it's actually, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna get to that in the feedback. I mean, if you want to, if you want the grisly details of burning to death, and we'll have to wait for her in the feedback section. May, maybe I would have been putting up a fight with how quickly he died if they poured molten metal on his head. Mm. <laughs> but if you shove him in a furnace, he's gonna die. Yeah. So Eugene, uh, Eugene clearly made the pills. The wives come to collect them, and he says they can't have them because he's surmised they're for Negan, and they threaten to reveal the truth to Negan, and he goes, you're going to be fucked just like the doctor was against Dwight because I'm irreplaceable and you are not. Mm-hmm. There's multiple wives. There's only one of me. There's multiple doctors, although he's not a real doctor. This is going to be funny. The first time he has to treat someone that's fucking bloody mm-hmm. and he shits his pants. <laughs> Um, so then Negan comes and, uh, catches him eating a pickle, which... Yeah, he b- bites a pickle with the same ferocity that he bites a dick. Chomps right through it. Yeah. Uh, and Negan pays him a visit and wants him to answer one question. Who are... And he instantly came back, Negan. I'm Stone Cold Negan. I was Negan before I even met you, which yeah. is hilarious how, like, just completely and utterly he was broke. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's genuine, too. I don't think Eugene's putting on an act here. So, there, but there's, there's... I can't remember which part where he was playing the pants-shitting coward where as soon as the pressure let off, he, like, turned over his shoulder and, like, creepily smiled right. like, I fucking fooled him. But he's clearly he's clearly doing some kind of psychological resistance, and he's still Rick's boy all along. Okay. Maybe. Or else why with the creepy, like, oh, they bought it kind of smile. Yeah, there are some weird smiles in there. So, well, then it's Eugene, so I'm grading on a weird smile curve. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, Eugene surveys uh, or oversees the molten meddling of a zombie that's going on in the background. Dwight comes up and talks to him. He tries to address (laughs) the clamping down of the dick. Love it. And Dwight cuts him off and says, you on board? And he goes, yep, I'm Negan just like you. Which could be interpreted many, many ways in this conversation between these two men. Right. I think the interesting thing is Dwight's reaction to it. I yes. actually think Dwight is fishing for an ally here. Uh, and he thought he would find it more readily than he than he apparently is going to. Because mm-hmm. uh, Eugene kind of shuts him down. Mm, I, I mean, it just depends on how you want to interpret this. Sure, because sure. Because I'm on or board how just smart. like you is if if Dwight knows that... Eugene knows that he knows is essentially saying uh, you're having second thoughts. I'm having second thoughts. Let's let's ally. 
potentially. Who, yeah, I mean, but and, who knows? And, and I mean, shutting down this conversation like immediately could be, yep, I'm on board. Don't talk about it because right, it can only get us in trouble. That's unusually self-aware for this iteration of Eugene, but yep. I I could see that happening. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the episode, man. Yeah, uh, I. Once again, I want to ask, this episode much better told over three or four weeks intercut with the other main plots. Like, unquestionably, right? Like, like this much time with... what? Like, I, I get so bored when Negan's on screen for more than, like, two minutes. Because sure. it's just you yeah. see the how one-trick pony JDM's thing. He does the fucking bounce. He does the lilting delivery. And that is that is all he can do with Negan, except for when Negan genuinely gets scared or angry. And then you get to see his flashes of what this guy's brilliant acting, you know, what he's actually right. capable of. Yeah. Like, Josh McDermott might be fucking Brad, the second coming of Brad Pitt, but I'll never know because he's stuck playing his mulleted Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get more than two minutes of Negan in a show, and I just start kind of rolling my eyes and getting bored. So it's yeah. got that flaw going with it. I get to see, you know, Eugene essentially did the same pants-shitting Eugene routine five different times mm-hmm. with four different audiences. And I get this, like, extremely long payoff to all these really long, boring Dwight-Sherry scenes. And it's just not good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it was if, – if, if you sprinkle that rat shit into, like, a big bat of cookie dough, maybe I swallow it. Yeah. Maybe it's only enough to kill a 120-pound man right. Right, two twenty pound man. I, right. I'm, I'm clocking about two sixty five, so I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you just have <laughs> uh, you just have a little extra time to play Sudoku on the toilet. I want to get a smartphone version of Yars Revenge. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know that I didn't 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 <sighs> like this episode other than the experience of watching it and 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 and, and chuckling at it. Hey, real quick, I know we don't do ads on this show, but this is not really an ad. This is a, a announcement about a meetup that we're doing locally here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We're going to be having a meetup at 16-Bit, which is a barcade. And if you guys don't know what barcades are, uh, it's essentially a bar with an arcade. There you go. you probably should have guessed, given the name of it. Uh, but it, everything's on free play. So you go there. You don't have to put any quarters in. You don't have to buy a card, nothing. You just go up to the game, and you hit start, and you play it. Uh, this is the famous burrito event that I've been talking about for months now. Over the summer, I won a uh, Chipotle uh, smorgasbord, and I'll be serving it up to you guys totally free. So uh, if you want to come meet us, me and Aaron, on March 18th from 1 to 3 p.m., that's a Saturday, uh, Burritos are going to be first come, first served. We're going to have a table set up there at the 16-bit barcade in OTR, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun time. Everybody should join us there who can. Just get there early if you want a burrito. The burritos are first come, first serve. They are, yeah. The alcohol and the video games are, are infinite. Well, the al- but you have to pay for it. As long as you have infinite <laughs> cash, I suppose. Right. The arcade the, games are infinite. They are, yes. And except for I think they'll throw you out at like one o'clock in the morning. So even then, it's all a lie. <laughs> all advertising <laughs> and marketing is a lie. This is no different. Yeah, but, but you can't. You can't. We will be there for a couple hours. That that part will. is a true factual statement. And, and there will be a finite amount of burritos. Right. And we've got a reservation, so we're gonna have a couple of big tables. Everybody's gonna be able to just hang out and get burritos. Uh, there should be a sign on our table. Just says Bald Move Podcasting Network. Uh, so look for that. Look look for our big mouths. 
Yeah. And there will be a couple of other opportunities where we'll be announcing this, but clear your calendars. Sunday, or rather Saturday, <laughs> March 18th, 1 to 3 p.m. Hey, it's time to pay the bills, and I'm, I'm going to do that by advertising our club at club.baldmove.com. Uh, we just changed software over the uh, break. We got a new system that allows you to get a free trial if you want. You sign up and you get 30 days free. You can cancel anytime that uh, that that package. You can just just download all of our stuff and 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 take us for a five year club bald move ride, and then cancel and and leave us holding the bag. Five years. Yeah, we got like five years of bonus content up at this point. That's true. You just go back. You yeah, just, a lot of years. You got to go back and, and siphon it all. Uh, get you get yeah. your uh, get your internet humming. Downloading all that 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 bonus content. Yeah, but, but the free trial is super useful because you get to see all of the special features that we do. And like I said, we uh, or I don't think I've said it yet because this happens in a spoiler section uh, in the free, in the future. I'm going to say <laughs> what what a, what a fun time we've had doing these live watches, which is yeah. essentially us filming us watching The Walking Dead. There's a way that you can visually sync up your feed of The Walking Dead with ours. So you can see what we're, you know, to, to crack and wise at, and we take runs at the local commercials, and we have a grand old time. That's a club member only. We also have lunch with Jim and Aaron, which is one of the most popular segments where every Friday we come on the air and we have a couple topics that we talk about. And, uh, listeners can submit their topics, and uh, it's about 60, 90 minutes. Um, there's all kinds of Let's Plays. There's exclusive spoiler of, um, reviews of movies. This week we're doing Logan. Yeah. So on Thursday night, you can get an early advanced copy of a review of a movie that's coming out that weekend. Uh, the, Logan is a new Wolverine X-Men joint that's coming out. Uh, so you can go for a low price, and you can go sign up for monthly, or you can save a little bit by going quarterly, biannually, or annually. Uh, go to club.ballmove.com to sign up and get a bunch of uh, cool bonus content. And more importantly, support us continuing to make podcasts that ostensibly you enjoy. Yep. I mean, that's the whole, right? I mean, that's why we keep making them. Like, oh, I enjoy keep downloading them. them. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so, yeah. And now for the feedback. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we got feedback. Reportedly, we do. I, yeah, I had got... a snafu with my email where I literally got none of the feedback since the 21st. So fortunately, I was able to swoop in there, and I because I did have copies of everything, I was able to throw together a, a high-speed mailbag. It's um, probably abridged, I imagine. It's a bridge. A bridged? Oh, a bridged, a bridge. as, okay. as in a book. I'm like, I'm going for swooping. You're going to bridge. It's probably a bridge. Two, <laughs> two different getting a, from one to another metaphors. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, let's just get right into it. Watching okay. dead at baldmove.com. Ammon from Tunisia, Tunisia says, I have a couple points from last week's episode. Uh, a lot of people were wondering why Rick trusted this random group, the Trasheteers. I'm going to play Internet Advocate here. Don't know if I'm using the term the right way. Actually, yes. It's essentially devil's advocate, except for I don't know why at some point we we replaced internet with devil. And so I, thus... I think the reasons are self-evident. <laughs> <laughs> why? Because the internet's evil? Yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty okay. much. Um, I think Rick is trusting them out of pure desperation. He doesn't have much choice. He's facing Negan alone at this point and probably has no chance at winning, so he needs to take risks. You know, desperate situations call for desperate measures. Um, so my question, Ammon, is to what limits do you apply that philosophy? Mm-hmm. Like if he can't, if he showed up and they were wearing human skulls as masks and setting a person on fire, but there was a lot of them, do you still like, hey, you know what? We're actually owned by this Negan guy, super asshole, you should join up. 
because these people were just like one or two notches below that level of malevolent nuttiness, I Mm -hmm. think. Like, they were all dressed in black. They all had this cult-like atmosphere. They all had this very nebulous moral framework that could justify any kind of backstabbing and treachery that they could, right. could, could care to come up with. They vastly outnumber you, and you're about to arm them. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I, I guess it's desperation, but, like, you know, Negan is kind of normal if you go, like, if, if, you, if you take apart his warlord tendencies and his, like, rape slave gang he's got with his wives mm-hmm. like the man likes his creature comfort he lives in houses these people live in a fucking trash heap in this weird mad max world yeah like they're they're significantly less relatable and 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 governed by rules and human restrictions than negan does which is saying a lot mm-hmm. so i don't know i feel like that you you might be trading the devil you know for an even worse internet <laughs> <laughs> Don't trade the devil you know for the internet you don't. <laughs> um, he continues, now about Carol. When Daryl didn't tell her about Glenn and Abraham, I was worried that she might die in the future without even knowing it. I hope I'm wrong because she's my favorite character and I want to see her go full badass one more time. After they skipped Tara's reaction to Denise's death, I got the feeling that they try to avoid reaction scenes since they require some very good writing and acting. <laughs> However, I know Melissa McBride will do an amazing job. It's probably yeah. the writing that will fuck shit up. After yesterday's episode, to be honest, I never thought I would enjoy a Eugene episode. Uh, oh, wait. He's, he's shifting topics. Uh, this is about the Eugene episode. Uh, I never thought I'd, cons- I'd enjoy one after the Terrible Terror episode in the first half of the season, but surprisingly, I did. There's a lot of times when I laughed watching it, but the time that got me most was when Eugene said, I was Negan before I met you. I just wanted to meet personally to know it. I found it hilarious. A lot of viewers were wondering whether Eugene is acting and buying time or he's really with Negan now. I think the second option makes more sense considering his character. Remember when he was first introduced, how he was bossing Abraham around and telling him he's smarter than him. I think he enjoys being in a position of power despite how much of a coward he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, but I think you, Aaron, have a point about his smiles. Like, his smiles seem to be knowing smiles. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm still torn between between the two. If I'm going to be charitable, though... It's very easy to chalk those like, oh, I fooled those guys with like just the fact that he's because he is fooling them. He is just some asshole. Right. And he's got Negan to buy that he's this scientist genius. And he gets to live another day. And he gets to live another day. So it it might not be like I fooled him for the purposes of still being in Rick's group. It could just be I fooled him. Right. Because they're essentially the same shitty face. Frankly. Yeah. Uh, then finally he says, I thought I, I, the other problem I have is the doctor dying instantly when Negan threw him into fire. I thought being burnt alive was supposed to be slow and painful death. I expect to hear him scream in pain and see him struggle for a bit, but Hey, what do I know? I've never been burnt alive before. That's, that's humble, you know, realizing your limitations <laughs> right. of experience. Yeah. I, so I guess if I want to talk about the reality of the walking dead, I feel like being thrown into a furnace, it's probably a thousand plus degrees. Mm-hmm. Like your lungs are going to instantly, sc- you're going to, he did scream for about 10 seconds. Yeah. You scream your lungs out because it hurts like fuck. You breathe in, it instantly scorches your lungs. Your brain can no longer take oxygen. And if you've watched MMA, you know that when someone gets a good blood choke on someone's brain, they're out in like seconds. Yeah. Because your brain is this incredibly oxygen hungry organ, so it gets if it cannot get like your blood, your oxygen levels drop to your brain and you're dead. So if your lungs instantly can no longer convert 
the oxygen into your bloodstream, I feel like you would die like within a breath or two. Contrast that from yeah. being burnt alive at or, the stake, or, where or they at set least your feet. pass out, right? Yeah, like that's the thing. All he has to do is pass out, right? Not only that, but also there's no all the oxygen in that chamber is being used to yeah. burn. So yeah. like he, there's no there's either no way, pull in, right? Either way, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, it's like you know, I think people get this idea when you breathe water, like you're sitting there choking for like a minute. It's not like that at all. As soon as right. the water replaces the oxygen volume in your lungs. Your brain blacks. It's like it's it's you're gone five yeah. five seconds at most. Yeah, and, and you're not dead at that point. Uh, but, no, but you are incapable of saving yourself, and that's what happened. You're to unconscious. This guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're right. You're not dead. His body probably still have got a few more minutes of being charred slowly. Right. But um, right. yeah. So I I think that's morbid, but that's probably accurate of someone getting shoved in a furnace. Now again, yeah. burning at the stake. You know, and ultimately, do you want to watch Negan hold him there for two and a half minutes while the guy struggles and wriggles and dies? Right. Or do you just want to be like, yep, he got thrown in a furnace, held there, move on? Right, right. Like, I'm cool with how it went. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to see him, but, you know, actually, what I wanted to see him is uh, holding him down for two and a half minutes of screaming, mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes later, the zombie come back as a charred skeleton. <laughs> Because right. apparently to prove that they can pour molten right. metal on their and then they'll fucking knife him in the skull, and that's what'll that'll do him in. Right. Uh, MHC. I was worried the few the first few seconds of the episode when I saw Fat Joey's dead body and realized we're going back a couple days. But you mm-hmm. know what? It turned out to be a pretty good episode, in my opinion. I've always liked Eugene, and I've always wondered why he wasn't given more duties to improving quality of life around Alexandria. I think this episode did a good job of showing that Negan chooses his methods of breaking someone depending on that person. I think if this episode was just a little bit better that I would be more broadly in agreement of that. Mm-hmm. And I do like the idea that they're trying to contrast how Eugene was seen in Rick's Alexandria yeah. as, as an annoying dipshit yeah. versus how Negan is just like putting him on this giant pedestal. Yeah. Now he's starting off on kind of the same foot he did with Rick's group, right? Which is, uh, hiding his true nature his right. true identity from Negan. so this could all come crashing down around him and probably will eventually like you said first time he has to do any real doctor shit he's toast right but on the, on the other hand that's negan's fault because he never claimed to be a medical doctor he i said, mean he said he has degrees in, in microbiology and, and immunology that doesn't mean you're you're going to be able to fucking stitch someone right together. he's not a surgeon certainly yeah. but if he can't cure a fucking infection then he's probably a failure okay, of, of a you, PhD. Sure, but I, I mean, I think if you, he, he I, honestly, that's probably the easiest part of medicine, right? Someone comes in with some shit and effect, infected. Yeah. And I, I know if there's a doctor listening, you're probably uh, chuckling at how stupid I sound. But uh-huh. like, if someone comes in with like an, you know, uh, the signs of infection, their wounds hot, um, it's inflamed. Like you give him penicillin, and uh-huh. it's either going to get better, or it's not, and most of the time, it's going to get better. Sure. So, like, that part of I just of don't feel like sewing somebody up, sewing a cut up. Like, dousing them in alcohol and sewing them up is really that hard. If they come in with, like, bone fractures and stuff, that well, would be challenging. Right. Or if you get... Like, there's a lot of things, I think, about being a doctor yeah. where you've gone to med school right. and you've carved up a cadaver and you know what internal anatomy looks like that even if it's just theoretical, you're going to be... Uh, a lot. Of course, I guess he if, if he's going through that... 
I don't know. Like, I guess the difference is, did you go through med school or not? If you went through med school, like, that's the thing. Where if you went through med school, I feel like you're qualified to cut on people. If you didn't go to medical sure, school yeah. at all, I don't care how much theoretical knowledge you have, then who gives a shit? Which Eugene's done none of this. Let's make no. it clear, right? So, you know, if he comes he's up against it. uncomfortable with the sight of, like, blood and is squeamish about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So... I mean, I just don't think microbiology. Like, look, I'm not a, I'm not a clinical doctor. I'm not like, right. I didn't go to med school. Is not going to fly for me. Right, Nathan. right. Like, it's the first time he tries to resuscitate someone, teeth the dick. It's going to be a, no, no, wait, no. That's that's not how it works. Trust me, this will wake him up. <laughs> I think he was just faking. <laughs> He's trying to steal medicine. A quick, a quick bite administered to the penis will will snap him right out of it. Um, yep. Jeremy from Toronto says, and also more of this on the spoiler section. Uh, Jeremy from Toronto says, do you think that Eugene is actually turned to the dark side? If so, what does this say about his entire character arc since he admitted he is not a scientist to Abraham and the group way back? He was all about becoming a contributing member of the team and learning to survive. Has all this gone out the window or is he playing possum? I mean, that's one of the frustrations I have, the fact that this is the treadiest mill that I've seen the show get on yet. Like, literally, yeah. he's just going to get back. This is just a, a negative version of his character arc with Rick. All right. I'm going to acknowledge one more time that I could be entirely wrong. Okay. And then I'm going to fucking commit. I think okay. I think that Eugene is 100% on board with Negan at this point. So are you I saying think that a barrel of pickles, or do you really? I, I think I'm going with it. Oh. I think a barrel of pickles <laughs> and a, a grimbly grunk, a grimbly gunk? Grimbly gunk. Has, has changed him entirely. Okay. I think the problem here is going to be when he realizes he's made the same mistake that he made before, which is lying about his true abilities. Hmm. I think he should have gone with the bullet angle. Like... That's a Look, good motherfucker, angle. I can build you bullets. That's one right. thing we know I can do. Like, oh, I'm some jackass? Well, who of you can build a bullet? Right. So, Wh- Which of you knows where the equipment is? Which of you can actually build these things? Although that does, that does kind of beg the question, if Negan is proficient enough to be able to... I feel like if you can spot a homemade wep- uh, uh, bullet, right, why given enough materials and the proper tools, you would easily be able to figure that out. And these are not specialized tools. Right, like fucking Walmart has right. their stocks, sh- their shelves stocked with these things that you need to reload cartridges. See, I don't know that he's just reloading. I think he's actually manufacturing from the ground up. Yeah, the only thing I is what he claimed. I anyway. think the th- thing you'd really struggle finding is like the the primers or whatever actually ignites the gunpowder when the pin okay. hits it. Yeah, um, because. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I would be like, yeah, if you gave me that and some some spent casings and some lead and some gunpowder i could fucking make a bullet but i have no idea how to make those caps hmm. so um i don't know i i just feel like that if negan is it's so weird that he's he know like most of the problem with this kind of stuff is you don't know what you don't know but he knows what he doesn't know so like go to a fucking library there will be a book on reloading ammunition mm-hmm. and probably a book on making gunpowder if you don't have that and then, bam. Like, if nothing else, it seems yeah. like you can convert a lot of guns to, like, muzzle loaders. Which, in the land of everyone having okay. bow and fucking arrows, like the kingdom, the muzzle loader is king. Or, seems like guess it, yeah. what? Walmart has shit tons of muzzle loaders, too, because that's, like, part of the deer season. Like, you yeah. can kill a bow. You can kill your limit with bow, and you can kill your limit with rifle, and you can kill your limit with muzzle loader. So, hmm. anyway, um, 
where were we going to here? Oh, uh, Jeremy continues, Negan's wives, are they really planning to kill Negan, or is one or both of them, not counting the drunk wife, a spy sent to test Eugene? It seems to me that they were genuine in wanting to kill him, but just as the redhead was leaving after Eugene turned him down, she pauses and looks back at him. Was she stopping to consider if he was legit or something else? That would actually be an interesting plot point if Negan was testing if he could... Like, that would be smart of Negan. Like, send his wives in with this sob story mm-hmm. to see if if uh, Eugene will betray me. In which case, I guess he passed with a C-. minus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he did... Have, yeah, he, he actually, made the poison. But he didn't give it to him. Or he yeah. agreed to it, but then on second thought realized that this is stupid. Like, mm-hmm. I could see Negan respecting that. And that would have been... Um, honestly, I would have loved seeing that because it would also show like there's two factions of Negan's wives, and that's another kind of Kafka esque part of their existence. There's some wa- some people just spies. like, hey man, yeah. I'm down with Negan. He gives me all this cool shit, and he bu- like I I'm fine with being his whore, and I like that. Then they got to watch who they talk to, and but you know I don't think the show is actually doing that because <laughs> it would be interesting. Um, anything else before we go on to Mike from New Jersey? Nope. It says Eugene-centered episode wasn't nearly as bad as last week's literal pile of garbage, but I'm starting to think that the writers have no plan and no clue. Imagine the writers had wait, planned. Wait, we're seven seasons in, and you're starting to think that. <laughs> uh, imagine the writers had slightly planned ahead, and we had a trash people episode and a Eugene episode intertwined into a single seventy-minute episode, or call me crazy, two forty-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for starters, all the filler nonsense could go away, and the stories would have gone together perfectly. Dwight and Daryl's coinciding story arcs could have played off each other nicely. For example, Dwight letting go of his wife and Daryl reconnecting with Carol. Daryl pushing everyone to fight while Dwight secretly brews up the urge to fight. Dwight and Daryl's vest at uh, Dwight and Daryl's vest at the end, obviously leaning towards rebellion, while Daryl thinks up ways to attack. And Eugene's story and Rick's story could have been at least flowed nice to, nicely together as well. For example, the trash people are requesting weapons while Negan is asking for bullets. Eugene describing a metal-headed zombie warrior while Rick fights a metal-headed zombie warrior. Rick making a deal to arm the untrustworthy trash people while Eugene makes a similar deal with the saviors. This is me to spitballing while I have 20 minutes to kill at work. They could even throw in a nice scene where I just had to get away letter from Dwight's wife played off of Carol's story. What I'm trying to say is the plot elements are there. The source material is already successfully written. All I have to do is competently adapt it for television, and they have done nothing but disappoint me. I don't know why I still tune in to this show every week. These feelings are not new. The show has not been good in years. Hey, man, that's literally, I think, the appeal of our show, as we have been one of the voices in the wilderness saying this for a very long time, Mm -hmm. that all of the individual elements, like we act like The Walking Dead can't be better. But The Walking Dead could easily be the horror version of Game of Thrones. It just, okay. yeah, for whatever reason, whether it's budget, it's incompetence, or whatever, it chooses not to be. Well, here's what you're missing. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. And they want to stretch this show out. They want to... They want to make more money with this show. And condensing episodes and condensing seasons and plowing through the plot is not the way they want to do it. Yeah, and there's no way to go cuz the other thing is these this this show has always gotten 15 plus million people watching it. Yeah. So there's no way to go back and tell these at these executives they're like, "Look, if you made the show really good, this thing could be clocking 30 million people watching it." <laughs> right. Um there's no I mean and and I don't even know if that's strictly true. Like if this sure, show was yeah. as good as Breaking Bad in a zombie universe or as good as Game of Thrones or as good as The Expanse in science fiction terms, 
I don't, I mean, there's no guarantee, like, it expands, it struggles to have a million people watch it. Right, and I mean, I I don't know how much bigger the audience could actually get than it was at the height of Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, and, 17 million people is right. no joke when it comes to television nowadays. And I gotta say that, like, in the, the Walking Dead subreddit, it seems like they've purged people that have any kind of complaints about the show because sure, they've all quit. the yeah. front page was nothing but can we get a acknowledgement for you know josh mcdermott about how brilliant he plays eugene or can we can does anyone else think the eugene's awesome and oh i just thought the psycho the intense psychological dueling between d i mean get the come on man come on yeah so the fact is that the majority of the fan base is just fine with what's happening right so Damn it, I promise I'd never do this again. And here I'm doing it, monologuing about The Walking Dead. Christopher H. said, I think Dwight can be seen as a dark version of Daryl or who Daryl might have become if he had made just a few different choices. Well, I think Daryl would have to be an entirely different person from the ground up. I mean, fundamentally, Eugene is a coward. Daryl has never been a coward. It's Dwight. Dwight versus Daryl. Did I say oh, Eugene? Dwight versus Daryl. Sorry, sorry. I might have said Eugene. Okay. I'm having a try. I, I don't know why, but I'm having a hard time keeping Eugene, Dwight, and Daryl apart. And Negan. Throw Negan in there. I'm yeah. having trouble remembering. I have Dwight disease. Ah. I can't remember a damn thing. Or is it Daryl disease? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just testing, yeah. Uh, Dwight wears Daryl's clothes. He carries his crossbow. He rides his motorcycle. Sherry, Sherry even says that Dwight reminds Daryl of who... Wait. Daryl reminds Dwight of who he used to be. I notice a few parallels between Sherry and Daryl and Daryl and Carol. Carol and Sherry. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm I out know, of this email. I, I can't do it. I know. I know. Uh, Carol and Sherry. Cheryl. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Can we edit this? Or is no. It? Okay. No, we're not editing this. Fine. It's all in there. This is like a, this is like a 50-yard dash hurdle for my tongue. Uh-huh. And my tongue is a 350-pound man with asthma. It's and not molten, up for the task. Molten steel on and I've head. covered in molten steel. It's not up for the task. Shit. Okay. I noticed a few parallels between <laughs> Sherry and Daryl and Daryl and buddy. Carol. Parallels and Daryl. It's just Carol. Carol and Sherry both run away from their homes unexpectedly and leave a note behind. Yep. Sherry's house looked weirdly like Carol's cabin from last week. Dwight and Sherry depressingly smoke together. Daryl and Carol smoke together in one of their last scenes before Carol leaves. And as we all know, the cigarettes are in some kind of symbol for Carol's unresolved pain. Dwight doesn't find the woman he's looking for. Daryl does. Are they saying something with this? I think they're trying and succeeding to make these parallels. Mm-hmm. Their problem and what they didn't count on is no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, okay. Dwight was introduced as a as a, as a shit heel villain Right. That betrayed for no good reason. One of the most beloved characters on The Walking Dead. One of the most beloved characters yeah. of The Walking Dead. So I'm looking at his arc as this is just deserves, motherfucker. Right. And the show wants us to feel sorry for this good, forgetful man. <laughs> who this, this lovable Magoo of a character who, uh, who just got boned by his wife's compassion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. So I'm not in the headspace they want me to be in. This guy made he bet on red and it came up black and he got fucked and like I guess that's sad in the cosmic sense, but you know he, I, I he knew like it'd be one thing if he just didn't know what Negan was all about, mm-hmm. but he did. 
And yeah. he went back there anyway, and he got his face burnt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I this it just that 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 it's all there. Like we said, it's just not connecting for me. John O. In this episode, Negan described Daryl as emotional. I thought this was funny since when we first met Daryl, he couldn't even look people in the eye and was a total hard ass. It got me thinking. Daryl's character evolution has been about him very slowly opening up to other people. Throughout the years, we've seen him accept Rick as a brother and the rest of the group as a type of loving family that he's never had. Daryl used to visibly flinch when he was touched, but lately he's hugging everyone. Rick, Carol, Michonne, Tara. He's come a long way opening his heart to these people. It seems the next big step would he for him to be op- to open his heart romantically. He took a baby step towards this with, Car- with Beth and has maybe hovered on the edge of it with Carol. Do you think a romantic relationship would be interesting progression for Daryl's character, or would you prefer seeing him as a loner? I mean, I, I do think he he needs to continue to evolve, and it doesn't seem like a big stretch for that to be the next evolution for Daryl. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of don't... Like, if they're going to just leave him where he is, I'd rather them kill him off pretty soon. You know? Once a character has served its entire purpose and run its arc... I think it's time to go. Yeah, and when I was when I was writing this email down, I thought, yeah, because that's one underserved part of The Walking Dead. Like they they do uh, so many other emotional beats they run into the ground, but romances they haven't done a lot. But then I started thinking, there's a lot, been a lot of romance on this show. You got Glenn and Maggie. You got mm-hmm. um, Rick and Michonne. Rick and Michonne. You got Abraham and Sasha. You had Sasha Tara and Bob and Patricia? Tara and no. uh, not Olivia. S- Shit, I I I love that character. Yeah, me too. Denise. <laughs> Denise, thank you. Yeah. And you got Aaron and Eric. You've got like lots of decent re- post-apocalyptic relationships. Shit. Yeah. Uh Carl and Enid. Right. Um that I've In that I've enjoyed. So like way. Yeah, I, I guess that maybe I maybe I don't know. Would it be interesting to have Daryl pair off with somebody? I guess why why would it be interesting? Because it's it's he is a unique character. Yeah. Among these people, I think. Um, but would I, I you think... want to see him with a fe- would you want to would you want to see him with a female Daryl? Would you want to see him as like his antithesis that they're like this these strange people that work because they're so different? Like, what what would be interesting about him being in a love affair? I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, off the top of my head, I don't have a good idea for that. Right. But like I said, if if you're not going to do anything with him, he doesn't need to be there. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been saying that – I mean, I, I look back and I feel stupid, but I've been saying that Norman Reedus is going to be off this show for like three years now. Right. And it's His to the point where, like, is... I don't think it would mean anything if he died now. Like, no. five, like three years ago, um, if if, if Daryl had died, it would have re- – like, I would have felt something real, but – I'm so disjointed with his storyline now. It's been so long that I've that I've like, oh man, I really, um, I guess I gauged with him with with Carol last week. But before then, it had been so long since he had a beat that I gave a shit about that I don't know. I didn't care when Glenn died, other than kind of like, oh, I put myself in Maggie's position and his unborn child, and that really sucks. Mm-hmm. But you could say that about anyone in any situation in this world because it's all it's just all shit, shitty and miserable. So not. Not from a romantic angle here, but I think they're building an interesting thing with the triad of Daryl, Morgan, and Carol because hmm. 
one of them is actively trying to get everyone into the battle except mm-hmm. for Carol. Like, Daryl does not want Carol involved, right? right? He doesn't want to tell her, look, people died because of what you did. But he wants to come back and in. fight. Yeah. But he does want the kingdom in. And if the kingdom comes in, I think Morgan is going to go to Carol and say, we need you. Uh, and I could potentially see, like, Daryl dying during this whole thing and Carol mm-hmm. feeling completely distraught about that right uh maybe going all the way back to her prison arc with what happens in the comics and i think that could be pretty interesting Mm -hmm. even though it's not you know the romantic entanglement he's talking about right uh michael r there's two emails left so we've seen the walking dead and put several instances of characters eating whole cucumbers and (gasps) recently pickles in the show i didn't think much of it after the first few times but after seeing eugene bite into a pickle do you think the show writers are trying to convey some sort of symbolism referring uh, to Eugene biting Dwight's dick? For sure. Perhaps foreshadowing some future dick biting, either metaphorical or literal. I think it's more of a callback. I don't think I don't think that's going to be his thing. But it is. We, you've talked about these people eating whole cucumbers, and it's been yeah. several people. Yeah, it's weird. It does feel like this is some weird inside dick biting joke with the show. I guess so, yeah. But Why? It would, Maybe it's funny. I don't it'd know. It'd be kind of funny if, if Eugene was shown just chowing down on pickles, but they've had right. Maggie eating pickles. They've had guy in the back of the they've truck. They've had some rando cucumbers. guy eating cucumbers in the back of the, the Negan mobile. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, it's just like, we need a joke. Well, there's always the dick bite. Yeah, go back to the dick biting well. Yeah. It's a good well. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. It's but... better than the well from season two. <laughs> I can tell you that much. That well just bit dicks. Um, it wasn't the dick biting well. JRJ says, I know we all love Rick and his Alexandrians, but am I alone in wanting the saviors to be the new focus of the show? I love that they have a civilization that both works and grows. At least they have a plan. It may not be a utopian society, but there's economic and governmental structure of some sort. Look, I- look, look. The kingdom has a fucking plan, and it's working gloriously. Right. Like, their leader is a little weird. Yes. He's a little uh, gimmicky, but... Come but on. As far as community planning, yeah. they got it all. Right. And you can't really say that Alexandria hasn't got a plan either. Yeah. Like, they seem to have the utopia in mind, whereas Negan has the dystopia. And that's not what I want. That's what's so damning about Rick's group is they're so fucking uninspired. Like, when they had the prison, all they could do is like, oh, we got a prison council. Let's plant some guns. And Rick's planting guns. Like, there was no, like... You know, and they, they just had four. There was no like really emphasis on training of martial arts and, and like get like develop not just like individual skilled guns, but like okay, yeah, small unit tactics. Like that's the stuff that when like that's the one of the reasons that like you can really flex military might is like you 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 actually practice this stuff together, not just individual elements, but moving and working as teams. And you know, you could have like six guys take out thirty. Mm-hmm. If they had the right training and tactics, um, and I just I felt like this show's curiously lacking in that kind of imagination. Like it would be interesting to right. see, like you know, they could have a small side story of like Rick's troops being trained or whatever, or them working on some big project to like a windmill or a granary or something. Mm-hmm. But they don't. It's always in and favor. Spencer of Spencer knocks the whole fucking thing over. Right. It's it's always the same. It's it's it and it's it's not in favor of something else equally interesting. It's in favor of the same fucking melodrama yeah or one of the parts that i really liked about red mars you know it, it was a very very dry read a oh, dry right, listen right. but red mars had some really interesting stuff about setting up a new colony and establishing what type of governance there would be you right. know and i think 
they didn't quite do enough of that um, right. in in seasons two and three when they should have been thinking about that stuff. Right. Uh, the prison was a great opportunity to do it, and I I think they dipped their toes into it when Alexandria came around, but not right. far enough. Uh, you, you really didn't see like a lot of different ideas presented. It was more mm-hmm. like Rick's versus Deanna's, and, and that Rick was it. is obviously good, and Deanna's is obviously bad. Yeah. And not even obviously bad, but like she's just hopelessly naive. Sure, yeah, yeah. There, there were none of the realities taken into account, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like there, there are some missed opportunities there. Uh, so anyway, our JRJ goes and he's talked about a lot of stuff we just talked about, but he says um, all the Rooks group does seemingly is wander around and make mistakes. They would all have died if Aaron had not brought them in Alexandria, and they almost just killed him and moved on, and that's just one example. It seems like we're supposed to root for a group that has no idea what they're doing. It's a how-to guide of what not to do in the apocalypse rather than just try to be a badass and hope you always have the numbers in a fight. I agree. It's boring, and it's a big problem to show, and that's... You said something a while back, uh, a couple of minutes ago, about the fact that they want this thing to go and last forever and be open ended. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. Like unless you have an animated show where you, you know you, you can, like, and even that's like it's kind of a minor miracle they've had the cast of The Simpsons stick around for twenty plus years, right? Um, but you know what I mean? Like that's just like you should know that's not impo- that's impossible. So what you should do is tell a compelling story and then get out, and then you could reboot it and you can spin off or something. But yeah, yeah, they just want more of the same all the time, more of the same. Fear of the Walking Dead, more of the same. Season ten of The Walking Dead, more of the same. It's really exhausting after a while. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, they obviously found a formula that works. I mean, The Walking Dead is one of the most popular shows on television. Mm -hmm. So they're doing something right um, as far as the audience is concerned. It's just not something that engages us very much. Uh, So that's it. Uh, WatchingDeadAtBallMove.com if you'd like to tell us what you think of the episode or next week's episode. Hopefully we'll get Jim's email problems sorted out and we'll have a little bit more comprehensive, um, less thrown together email bag next week. Right. So I have a spoiler section where I get to bitch about Eugene and the problems with his characters. If you're a comic book fan, uh, you might you might grok what I'm laying down. If not, we'll see you next week. Um, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See you in the spoilers. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do you got? Yeah, okay. So in the comic books, Eugene did this. I'm a government operative, and I work for whoever, and I got the cure for the zombie, and then that ran its course, and he was revealed as a fake and a fraud, and then his character fundamentally changed. He stopped being this affected, you know, weirdo, Started being being humble about his limitations, but also justifiably proud about because I can't remember if his if he was just a science teacher, like his real background. Mm-hmm. But he had something where like you know that's he had stuff to contribute, and he started making bullets, and he wasn't kidnapped by by that that ended up being one of the things that turns the tide of the war. And it's like they're so in love with Josh McDermott's weird Forrest Gump, like 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 the cover this character's cover has become his real identity. And it's this weird, overly broad, kind of insulting pastiche of an autistic person 
that makes him hard to relate to, and it's like, and also the gotcha. fact that they've just completely. They like it so much that they decided instead of having real character growth, we're going to have him – his character's going to grow by having him do the exact same shit that got him into trouble in the first place. Gotcha. Like this is literally yeah. a repeat okay. with Negan instead of Abraham instead of Rick. This is the third time they've rebooted this bullshit. Right. So this makes a lot more sense why you're being more hard on it than I am. Because yeah, I view I view Eugene's personality as not a cover at all. That's right. just who he is. But yeah, if you're saying even his personality traits were affected in order to portray this this image, he was playing a role and he was doing huh. things to make people okay. think that he was not a threat and he he had to be protected and all that stuff. And once the jig was up, all right, I can be a re- I can be a regular right. character that has my own now actual strengths that I can. You know, like I was shit living outside of a wall. Inside a wall, I can make bullets for you, and I can build windmills, and I can do all these other crazy things that yeah. a science teacher could probably be expected to pull off. Like a like like having Walter White out in the zombies is yeah. fucked. Walter White inside the walls can do a lot for you, right? And why they're throwing that away in favor of this like fucking Forrest Gump, Mister Wizard shit? I, it just drives me crazy, man. And yeah. they're in, all this isn't <laughs> not this is all just made just shit that they're just making up. Yeah, like uh, I can I can understand because like one of my complaints about the comic is I never thought they really sold why Dwight turned on Negan and why Negan trusted him in the first place. And it's like yeah, they had the Sherry thing and that the burnt face and but like all the stuff that they that ostensibly they're doing to give him more character. In fact, they fucking introduced him before we meet him as the burnt face savior, like all that stuff should be to make him a more fully developed and three dimensional character. It's just not working. Hmm. It just seems like it's, it's, it's yet more filler and you know, post the time jump, which I'm not even sure they're going to do in this fucking show, but Eugene becomes kind of like an elder statesman in the community. He's like very respected. I think he's like got a, a relationship with like maybe Rosita or something. And like at, at this point in the comics, they're, or in the show, rather, Eugene's even more alienated than people. Right. And then, in fact, that people are debating whether he's going to turn evil or not. Like, I'm pulling my what little hair I have left out, and like, I don't, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. That shit I mean, was com- they- compelling and believable in the comics, and you're changing it just to ch- just because you think Josh McDermott is so awesome with this portrayal. Well, I mean, this is this is nothing new for The Walking Dead, right? I mean, The Walking Dead as a show has changed the comics seemingly wherever they can they they go in and they change things for the sake of changing things and they right. leave the some of the larger beats intact like right. you know we still get terminus we still get the prison we still get the farm like all of those things happen they just happen in entirely different ways and mm-hmm. you're right it all seems for the sake of just changing it up it's not yeah. like they have a rhyme or reason to why they're they're making changes they just do it and I mean, I don't particularly like this movie, but the usual suspects, you know, yeah. you got verbal that you understand as Kaiser Soze. If you made a sequel, would you bring Kevin Spacey back and have him be verbal again? Or would it be interesting to Like explore? a reboot? Is, yeah. Is that what you're talking Not about? Not a reboot, like a sequel. Like, now, like, do you want to see Kevin Spacey as... Would the interesting thing to be see Kevin Spacey as verbal again? Mm-hmm. Or would it be interesting to see Kevin Spacey as fucking Kaiser Soze? To okay. me, that right. is the much more interesting sequel... Here in The Walking Dead, it's like, no, no, we really like Kevin Spacey as verbal. 
we really like him as this club-footed weirdo that is like the submissive of the gang and you know the right. fact that he's like got these awesome qualities and is a criminal mastermind that's nah, that's that's not that's not interesting like just this this trick like they're right, in love with the trick they're they're in love with the sizzle they're not in love with the steak How- yeah so well okay look at it this way so it's it's kind of like a reboot right like they're they're treading the same ground here but they're changing things along the way so if they if they set out and said okay so usual suspects there the twist was not earned at the end it was it was kind of just like this reveal that didn't it didn't build on anything mm-hmm. like like you talked about frequently let's fix that let's mm-hmm. go in and let's change that and let's reboot this thing and let's take kevin spacey and make him a you know the same character but let's do it a little differently okay it feels like that's what they're trying to do here it's mm-hmm. just not it's not successful and i don't know and, and it's not like people complain about all the flaws with the walking dead comic the like yeah that graphic novel is widely loved mm-hmm. um it is people who might have minor quibbles with it sure but for the large majority of it they're like yes this is awesome and the problems are usually structural like i don't like misery porn so a hundred okay well 150 issues of people you. just dying and there's no hope and there's no like, okay fine that's legit that's legit but it's not yeah. it's not a objective sure. factual problem with the story they're trying to tell and it's built into the dna of the the novel it's not you're not going to remove that and still have the walking dead. And it's, it's also so. an experiment like Kirkman, like there's no long-term zombie stories. It's always like the sure. beginning or the mid, you know, like some interesting part in the middle. It's never yeah. like ne- you know, this, the heroes get to the mall and there's only three of them left. And what do they do now? They have to go off and where do they go. This is the world still full of zombies. Like that's one of the things he right. wanted to explore. So even if it's ultimately a creative failure, no one else had tried, so you kind of give you kind of grade on a curve because of that. Sure, but to go in and just change everything, I don't, I don't see the point. Yeah, I don't either. And to me, it's like again, it seems like they really like what Josh is doing. They like the fact that they have a character who can just be a, a walking dick and fart joke. And like, you, hey, let's let's instead of trying to really generate any humor, it's always funny to have Eugene just not know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. So let's keep him like like fucking Woody from Cheers. He's just a dumb fuck that doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how people relate, and that's like just instantly in, endlessly funny instead of tragic after a while. <laughs> right. And like we don't have any other really funny beats in the show, and we need him. So yeah, and I I don't want to say that I could do a better job, but I I think it's also I can't blame them in a certain way because you look at like some of the most successful shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like you take Breaking Bad for instance, which they clearly tried to ape this episode. They didn't always have a solid plan for where they were going next, right? Like That's... when they're writing, they're kind of writing t- to to stick themselves in a corner and not understand how they're going to get out of it until they do, right? Um, and that built a lot of tension in the show. And I feel like maybe that's kind of where the writers are going with this: is like, let's just try and do this on our feet. Let's let's just be nimble here and write ourselves into corners, right? Like just take a different approach than planning everything out and and just painting by the numbers essentially and copying this comic. Yeah. But it's just not working. Like yeah. I and I don't like I said, I don't want to say I could do it better, but maybe the writers just aren't up to the task. The task of adapting I mean, I get it. It's tricky to the adapt t- a medium because it, but also making it a dynamic thing where they can they can change things and they can write themselves into corners. 
Because yeah. I imagine that job is pretty boring if you're just like, literally, we need to get this comic off the page and onto the screen. Is it? Because it doesn't seem like Game of Thrones is boring. Because it's Certainly, adaptation yeah. is never that But easy. then you look at the showrunners and they're like, eh, we're kind of done with Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> Well, sure. Seven years in, this is not something we're super interested in anymore. We want to move on. But I do, like, you know, I've always wondered how much of that is because they didn't sign up to do original IP. True, yeah. And the last two seasons, they've got, like, these, this, this task where they've got these unreasonable expectations from fans and the author let them down and... Also, it's like a never-ending grind, you know, like Game of Thrones is essentially never stops. So I can see. I could see being a writer in the writer's room and saying, I have a great fucking idea here that I really want to run with, but I'm constrained by the source material. All I need to do is you surmise the comics every, you know. All I'm allowed to do. The only latitude I have is get this on screen, and it just could be a boring nightmare. It seems like there's always challenges to... Because you can't get everything done, and the formats are different, and there's going to be slightly different beats, and you, yeah. the, 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 there's already differences enough just in translating from one medium to the other that that would be and, – and also maybe you hire people that want to do that. You don't hire people sure. that are like itching to do their own like, – And if people are tired of it, you let them go. You find somebody new sure. with fresh energy right. and bring them in. Yeah, Right. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I honestly don't. I, it's – it is a constant source of wonderment that the show is what it is. Yeah. It really is. But what are you going to do? And, know. you know, the other thing is we, for, I guess, not forget, but you don't think about that the first season took a lot of liberties with the plot and did a lot of detours. Right. So maybe they set, like I always want to say, is like, oh, they just did things right in the first season. They didn't really. It was a better show. It's a better show. But, had, but it is, didn't have... It didn't have seven years to fill. Right. It had one season of six episodes, I think. Right. Was yep. the, the total sum of season one. Yep. So there's a lot of compelling things you can do in six episodes and make it feel tight and good. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, seven years, it's starting to sag. Yep. It's like like a walker. Just bombs yeah. falling out of it and guts are just pouring out and nothing to do but dip it in bronze. <laughs> yep. All right, well, that's all I want to say, and I just like again, I I've got a couple years distance between me and the last time I read the comics through, and um, I just it it's crazy to me that they continue to make these giant deviations for what I think is is, is no good reason, but hmm. um, and if if it is turn it turns out it's just because they're doing this to amuse themselves, it just seems fundamentally a selfish act when you got fans that just want to see a quality product. Right. Anyway, I'd like to know if if people agree or disagree with my take. I could I could get Eugene wildly wrong, but as I recall, he had the you know he had a a, a transformational moment that then sent his character on a completely different arc. Whereas like so many times in the the Walking Dead, it's a ping pong. Like mm-hmm. oh he's this archetype, and then he learns something new, and that changes for a couple episodes, and then oh well we still need him to fit that niche, so he goes back to that archetype. Right. You know, like like they couldn't decide whether they wanted Tyrese to be a unstoppable killing machine or this gentle pacifist, and they needed yeah. him to be both. And whatever, uh, that's it. Watching Dead at BallMove.com. If you want to agree with me, disagree with me, whatever. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode and another live watch. Which I think the last two live watches all time greats. 
MVP. I, I've had a ton of fun, yeah. Yeah, to the extent that like I can't, I, I'm making so many jokes that I don't even know what the hell's going on in the episode Same because here. just the shit. I, I'm I'm having my own fun writing my own story of what's going on and, and going off of that. So yep. If if improv comedy at the expense of the Walking Dead sounds like a good time, you should check out one of the live watches on on club.baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. Stealth ad. See you next week. <laughs>